After a three-day break, Miami closed out their long road trip, taking on divisional rival Atlanta. And while they started off slowly, the Heat were energized by Tyler Hero, who finished with a near triple-double. Miami cruises to another blowout victory. We'll break down the game and how Tyler continues to take yet another leap. Player grades and much more coming up next. You are locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Thursday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat, however you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. It was the last game of a brutal seven-game road trip. Of course, one game that didn't get played. No Jimmy Butler, no Bam Adebayo, four days off. Every reason in the world why this team would just phone it in as they took on the Atlanta Hawks. And while there was plenty of rust early on, they had just two points through the first five minutes to start the game. Eventually, Miami brought in Tyler here off the bench, and just as he has for most of the season, provided an instant spark. Wes, the Heat were down 13-4, to and Tyler Hero scored or assisted the next 17 points for Miami to cut the lead to three. I didn't realize that until I was going through the game notes afterwards. It was a tight game from that point forward, with Miami slowly pulling ahead by halftime. And despite Nate McMillan urging his team to take back control of the game, it was actually Miami that controlled the pace. Starting the third quarter with a 16-0 run sparked by Max Struess, who continues to start for the Heat. We'll talk about that later on the show. The result? A 115-91 win over the Hawks, and Miami improves their record at 26-15 and and coming back home on Friday for a rematch against these same Hawks. But right now, Wes, I think the story is obviously Tyler Hero, who continues to show incredible improvement throughout the season. Oh, it is. And look, I know that this Hawks team is not good, and they're playing even worse than they normally play right now, and, and they're in the middle of a little bit of a slump here, but... The only good part about this Hawks team was supposed to be Trey Young. And Tyler Hero came out tonight and thoroughly outplayed Trey Young in every single way. Trey Young, a guy who not just getting all star nods, but like all NBA type of consideration, and rightly so, Trey Young is. And of course, we know that the 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 big narrative around Tyler Hero and and sort of him coming out in media day telling our friend Jeremy Taché from Bally Sports, hey, I want to be in the same conversation as guys like Trey Young. Well, Tyler Hero came out tonight and outplayed Trey Young in every way possible. You just look at the box score. Let's just start there, David. Uh, Tyler Hero, 21 points, 11 assists, 9 rebounds. He was 9 of 19 it's overall. Close. It's close. Uh, it's so close. And he almost got that that rebound at the end, but it looked like Chris Silva kind of tipped the, the ball away from him and kind of oh. ruined the triple-double there. But uh, Eric Spolstra, very, like, clearly keeping Hero in the game when he took out everybody else to maybe try to help him get that triple-double. But yeah. you look at Tyler Hero's stats, Trey Young, 15 points on 4 for 15 shooting, 1 for 6 from 3-point range. Tyler Hero is also 1 for 6 from 3-point range. And just 5 assists to 4 turnovers. So you just look at that alone, and it's very clear that Tyler Hero completely outplayed uh, Trey Young. But also what stood out to me about Tyler's game was the way he controlled it, the way that he just got to his spots. The way that he played with a pace, he was slow when he needed to be, but he was scoring yeah. in transition and pushing the tempo when he had to, when there was opportunities in front of him. And he played the pick and roll better than Trey Young did. Trey Young's whole thing is <laughs> mastering the pick and roll, right? That's his right. whole deal. 
And yet, Tyler Hero did it better than Trey Young did. I know that Trey was without Clint Capella, right? Yeah. But Tyler Hero was without Bam Adebayo. No question. And so, look, I'm not here saying that Tyler Hero is the superior player to Trey Young. Say right it. Now. Say it. Who cares? I write it but today. You, but who knows? <laughs> I, I criticized Tyler Hero last week uh, sure. uh, after, after a couple of poor games in Sacramento and in Golden State. Because right. he wasn't doing what he wanted, what he set out to do, and that was to be an all-star caliber player. Well, the last few games, he's absolutely been that. This, I think, was his best game of the season, coming off of a Suns game that was perhaps his best game of the season at that point. Um, he's really strung, stringing together some great games. I don't know that it's enough to get him into the all-star conversation, even though the Miami Heat is spamming their Twitter accounts saying with with like i'm getting an alert every minute saying tyler hero all-star hashtags but um i i just i i think that these kinds of games against that kind of competition when you're talking about a guy head-to-head like trey young and you're going to outplay him it says a lot it's a statement yeah Uh, i love the question you asked Spo post game about you know his evolution there the fact that he's the game is slowed down somewhat cliche but you can see it, right? Like his understanding yes. of the ebbs and flows, when to attack, when to press, when to bounce back, and, and kind of just give some space there, make the right feet. His 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 ability to pass the ball has taken an incredible level today, not just because of the assist numbers today, but just the way he was finding players along the baseline, swinging up. He had that great pass against the Suns where he made that cross-court pass that was LeBron-esque at Duncan Robinson, and that kind of was an eye-opener. He had a couple like that today, even under the basket mm-hmm. as he's driving, attacking, finding cutters, just a whole other level, another ability for him to be able to read the game. But I have to ask, like, aside from the passing, just taking this huge leap over the last couple of games, what's been the difference between the slump that we saw just a couple of weeks ago or maybe a couple of games ago to the version that we have now? Because I can't quite figure it out, and yet there's clearly been a growth uh, over just the last few games for Tyler. I think it's the way that he's figured out how teams are playing him. And I think that shook him in the early parts of that road trip. Teams started doubling him more, trapping him more, blitzing him up high off of screens and things like that. And one of the things that I noticed in this game was just how well he was navigating those things, not just with the pass. And he was doing a good job of calling those screens and then finding those. And if the roller, if the screener and was rolling and was open, he was really quick to get it to that roller. But he was also really quick to make the other pass, swing it to the other side of the floor when all the attention was on him and the screener and maybe drawing right. three people into the play. I thought he was really good about that. That also led to some other, like him getting the ball back. One yeah. of the things I've noticed Tyler Hero doing a lot more in this game than he probably ever has was giving up the ball early in the possession and then getting the ball back later in the possession and getting a great shot that way. That's really hard for a young player to do, and I know it sounds easy, but a young player thinks, oh, hey, I just bring the ball up, run a pick and roll, either pass it or shoot it uh, or pass it or swing it to the other side of the floor, and then that's my that's the end of my job on this 24-second possession. Not for Tyler. He's relocating. He's finding other openings, and he's getting to the basket or, or finding uh, openings on the three-point line. Uh, so that's one of it, one of the things. And the other thing, too, is when he doesn't get rid of that ball, his first step, knowing which direction to go, do I reject the screen? Do I use the screen? Do I veer way outside of the screen and call for another screen? He is just figuring out, seeing the floor, figuring out what spot he wants to get to and how to do it. It's a patience. It's a it's a tempo thing. It's mm-hmm. the, the quick first step, like I said. It's the 10 pounds of muscle, 15 pounds of muscle, whatever it was that he added over the offseason where he could power his way to the basket. It's all of these things combined. He's just seeing the floor on another level right now, and he's understanding how to get to his spots in a, yeah. in a way that he hasn't before. 
Well, 11 of assists uh, and two of those coming to Duncan Robinson, who continues to come off the bench for Miami. We'll talk about that in the next segment and whether or not that seems to be the trend moving forward when we give out our player grades. But first, just a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. If you're an NBA fanatic and if you're listening to the show, you probably are. Have you heard about Price Picks? Because Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market offering more NBA props than anywhere else and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. Pricepicks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, boys and girls, it is time for some player grades. Let's jump right in. We're going to start with Duncan Robinson, who came off the bench again. His third straight game since coming out of protocols. He has become a bench player, David. And I think you and I were wondering whether or not this trend would continue. Noster Dumwest predicted at the beginning of the week that Duncan Robinson would indeed come off the bench for Max Struess uh, tonight against Atlanta. Duncan Robinson didn't shake him. 14 points on uh, 4 of 11 shooting, 3 for 10 from three-point range. Uh, had a couple of rebounds. I thought it was a nice night overall yep. uh, for Duncan, but not the best one. But look, he scored double digits. He was one of seven players. Was it one, two, three, four, five, seven players to score in double digits uh, for yeah. Miami tonight? He gets a B, a B. Uh, you would like to see the percentages a little bit better than three for 10 from three-point range. But I will say this. I think he probably missed his last two or three shots from three-point range when the game was already out of hand. When the game mattered, when the minutes mattered, when both teams were playing hard, even though I don't think the Hawks were playing all that hard. I got a lot of issues no, with Atlanta. Like, I'm, I'm concerned yeah. about this Hawks team right now. But yeah. uh, when both teams were trying to ostensibly win this game, um, Duncan Robinson was making his shots. I think I, I, the 3 for 10 line from three-point range, I actually felt like it was better, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Not enough for him to get a B plus. not enough for him to get an A. But a B, with the broader conversation, Duncan Robinson coming off the bench again. Well, I, I will say, look, Robinson did also draw a foul on a three-point shot attempt when uh, a defender went under his feet, and he was charged with the flagrant one. So Duncan took free three throws as well. So it kind of buoys his numbers a little bit more maybe. But uh, yes, you're right. As far as the overall conversation, it's that Duncan is now a bench player. Uh, and and. I think he, to your point, I think he is embracing the role. Like there was some footage of him being interviewed, I guess, at a shoot around either yesterday or today and being asked by media members about whether or not uh, he was comfortable with the role. He kind of played it out. I think now that he's digested it a little bit more, maybe it might be a little bit easier for him to swallow. Again, he played 32 minutes. He played more than Max Struess, who played only 15 minutes. It's a good point. Yes. We have to point that out. I mean, Duncan Robinson would come in kind of with Tyler Hero. Um... And then just sort of stay in for the rest of the half. That was sort yeah. of like, I think they would get like a one break uh, and it was a short break. But yeah, I mean, you look, he, he played twice as much, twice as many minutes yeah. as Max Drews. Yeah. Uh, Max got that start early on. He came in for that third quarter where he was able to provide that burst. So as far as the 16-0 run is concerned, 
I think that's probably where his best role is as a, a spark plug, considering the fact that he's, again, used to coming off the bench and not playing these extended minutes. So for Duncan, uh, probably a little bit easier for him to handle at this point. I don't know. I I, I think it's going to be the trend moving forward. I, I think both you and I are in agreement. Mm-hmm. It just feels kind of better. Look, at this point in time, you can get that spark from Max playing alongside Jimmy once he eventually returns, something we'll talk about later on in the show. Uh, but for now, assuming that the rest of the starting lineup stays the way it has been, I think that's the obvious move. Duncan coming off the bench, providing along this, you know, with Tyler, this incredible dual threat. I mean, how do you guard either one of those players? You have to worry about Tyler's elite shot creation. And now, not just his ability to get a bucket for himself, but to be able to make plays for others. And yeah. who better than one of the best shot shooters in the NBA? I mean, a guy who's they ran a ton of shooters. pick and pop. They yeah. ran, and I love that two man game. And one other thing too is. When they started Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, or maybe played Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson together last season, right? Against other starters, most notably you think about that Milwaukee series when they were forced into those kinds of uh, configurations in their lineups. Like other starters, especially a team like Milwaukee that likes to hunt mismatches, can feast on Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Now, both of those players have gotten marginally better defensively. I'm not ready to say that they're good defensively, but um, playing them now together in the second unit, Right. Not as worried about that anymore, right? Giannis isn't coming off the bench, right? Like those players who are able to hunt those matchups aren't coming off of opponents' benches. And so now those defensive inefficiencies aren't as big of a problem, but all what everything that they could do offensively is right there. And maybe, you know, even, uh, you know, fivefold or whatever uh, kind yeah. of map you want to use. It's, it's even, uh, you think about what Tyler Hero is able to do as a sixth man. What he, what he and Duncan Robinson together can do uh, coming off the bench going forward, I mean, that's a huge offensive boost, and I don't think that there's enough of a, a huge drop-off with Max Struess in the starting lineup. It kind, of even, it kind of balances the rotations a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. and we saw this last year, too, with dual six-man-of-the-year candidates, Joe Ingles and, Joe, and uh, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. It can work, right? I mean, and, and you think about Ingles being a 40-something percent three-point shooter, Kind of the same way Duncan You don't even is. think of Ingles as a six-man, too. I always think of Ingles as a starter, you know? Just like I think people think of Tyler Hero. You know, yeah, if you're not yeah. watching the Heat every night, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess he comes off the bench. You don't even think about it because he's playing 32 minutes a night. My next yeah. one is Caleb Martin. Oh. And he's getting a, a lock emoji here because <laughs> he just keeps locking down dudes. And I want to talk – we could talk about the box score, which is interesting about for Caleb Martin. 18 points, uh, which was behind only Tyler Hero tonight. On Quiet. 8 I didn't shooting. even realize it. Yeah. Well, it was quiet because I feel it was probably all on putbacks and things like yeah. that. He had four offensive rebounds, 10 rebounds yeah. total, a double-double on a night that Tyler Hero had a near triple-double. And a synonym for near triple-double, David, is double-double. So you had Caleb Martin and Tyler Hero both registering double-doubles tonight. But um, I loved everything about Caleb Martin's game, especially defensively, because on this road trip, who does he have to guard? De'Aaron yeah. Fox, Steph Curry, I'm forgetting somebody, Chris Paul. And yep. then tonight, Trey Young. I mean, those aren't just all, all-star point guards. Those are all NBA point guards in all the right. case of the last three that he had to guard. And he did such a good job. Look, Miami early on, they tried to blitz and trap Trey Young coming off of those high screen and rolls. That is basically Atlanta's entire offense. And Trey Young burned them a couple times early on. I think Omer Yurtsevin, Dwayne Dedman, they just had a hard time sort of keeping their uh, foot speed at the pace needed to kind of uh, contain Atlanta's, you know, younger, faster guys. Uh, and they eventually just, Miami did, they just sort of uh, ditched that 
scheme, started dropping Yurtsevin or Deadman, whoever was in the game, and just letting Caleb Martin chase Trey Young around. He would fight over and, and across screens, through screens, and all these things. And he did a great job. Uh, I already I already read Trey Young's line once before, but again, four for 15, <laughs> one for six from three-point range, could never get comfortable. Four turnovers to five assists. A lot of credit goes to Caleb Martin. Absolutely. All right. Just... We can't say enough about what Caleb's been able to do this year. Uh, the fact that he's evolved into a defensive stopper. I, I just, it seems like so unusual for a guy that's turned into this kind of player that we've seen. Not only has his offense come around, but that he's found a real niche as far as his defense is concerned, where he's just, he's not just solid. He's really damn good on the defensive level. And, and the fact that he's able to challenge these top guards, stay with them, harass them, just contest shots, makes things difficult for them unbelievable uh i think i think uh greg sylvander of uh, five reasons sports tweeted out that this might be the best development season in heat history and i know it's something that you and i have talked about it but i think we just continue to see this with guys like gabe benson coming back from health and safety protocols and making an impact omer yurtsevin who we'll talk about shortly caleb martin and on and on max struess even getting opportunities and making the most out of them an incredible performance and caleb represents it just as well as anybody Last one here, Omer Yurtsevin. He's getting a B-plus tonight. 13 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, and a team best plus 19 in the box score in, tw- in his 29 minutes. Noticeably getting the start over Dwayne Dedman. Now, I know that Dedman yep. is just back from his mm-hmm. injury, so maybe, and but played 18 minutes to Yurtsevin's 29. Not sure how much of a deal that is, a factor in, in Dedman going to the bench and Yurtsevin continuing to get the start, but... Right. No reason to yank Yurtsevin now, right? This dude <laughs> no. is playing so well as a starter. I love those little touch floaters that he has coming out of those pick and rolls. It's very Bam-esque. Um, <laughs> he's closer to what Bam does than Dwayne Dedman is, especially offensively. Uh, just a really solid night from Yurtsevin all around. Yeah. Why did he get the A? Because, I mean, I'm thinking about what his, not just his impact, but what he provided um, there. Yeah. No, no, I, no just, I think just the fact that he wasn't able to execute the scheme defensively. All right, that's fair. Look, there, there are issues there defensively. He's not a perfect player. He's solid. He's improving. He's a hell of a rebounder, et cetera. We'll have to pump the brakes for a lot of Heat fans that want him to start and have already put his you know, his bust in uh, hall, the Hall of Fame. <laughs> but uh, I just don't think he's quite there yet, but he is showing improvement in the passing. Five assists, like a lot of them really nice, sharp passes, his ability to read things. Maybe it's just a nature that, you know, I, I hate to sound xenophobic or anything like that, but European centers, bigs like Nikola Jokic, Nikola Vucevic, and on and on, they seem to have an ability to read the game a little bit differently and make those kinds of passes. And I think we're starting to see some of that evolution from Yurtsevin as well. So great to have him out there. I don't think he's going to be able to get to, obviously he's not going to start over Bam, but I don't even know if he'll be you know, getting significant playing time over Dwayne Dedman moving forward, but just another huge game from him. Anything else that you want to add about Yurtsevin tonight? No, I think, look, I, he ended up getting an assist late, so it was six assists for him. And and I think oh. you're right. I think there's something about these European centers, and I don't remember who wrote this story. It was a few years ago, but I remember reading something about how, you know, the difference between the European game growing up there, which is much yeah. more team-based versus sort of the trend of AAU here, which is get your highlights, get on YouTube, get your Instagram highlights. It, it's, it's a lot more of a selfish type of game in the AAU circuit. Well, that's why passing... Like, Tyler Hero has gotten so much better as a passer since he left Kentucky. Like, all of this development <laughs> right. is Tyler Hero as a passer has come at the NBA level because he's had to do it. Because he's played in a ball movement scheme in Miami. Uh, Yurtsevin has just got 
very clearly a natural ability. He's further along as a passer than Hero was when Hero was a rookie, right? I don't know what your ceiling is, but he has great ball skills. He's got great touch, um, and he's putting it on display more consistently. Yeah, well, we'll get into our takeaways from this seven-game road trip in the next segment. Talk about a little bit regarding the return of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and how they kind of fit into this new high-powered offense. But first, another reminder that this show is sponsored by Bet Online, they'd like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started from football, basketball, hockey to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on. Just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at lockedonheat at gmail.com or via Twitter. Use the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show. And as always, leave a review. Seven game road trip in the books. One of those games, of course, not played due to a shortage of players available for that game. So that game against the San Antonio Spurs will be played later on later this month or early next month. I'm not sure exactly when it was, but, uh, you know, so far of those six games that were played, a four and two record. And we wanted to discuss just our general takeaways from those road trips. Uh, I think the big question, and it's one that a lot of people would talk about, and the answer might seem somewhat obvious but do you consider the road trip a success and why? Yeah, it has to be a success. Uh, I know that the yeah. loss to Sacramento is a little bit of an eyesore when you look at Miami's win-loss and you look at the schedule. The loss on the, the second night of a back-to-back in Golden State, yep. it was a loss, but man, they almost won that game. <laughs> and yeah. I think you know, you and I were talking about sort of the moral victory component to that game coming out of it uh, and how Miami has managed to hang in there. And, and Steve Kerr, after that game, we didn't talk about it yeah. in that recap, but That's Steve right. Kerr, after that game, giving a lot of credit to Eric Spolstra and just sort of the culture with the Miami Heat and everything that you hear about. Um, but interesting to hear that from another championship winning coach and how that was a really tough game for the Warriors as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think when I, obviously this road trip was a success, but when I take like the bigger picture takeaways from this road trip, We've been talking about the depth a lot with this team. Mm-hmm. The the development of guys like Martin and Struess, Gabe Vincent, go down the line, Omer Yurtsevin. But what's so interesting to me on this road trip is they also found like meaningful roles for those guys, more defined yeah. roles for each and every one of those guys. Gabe Vincent is your backup point guard. That's his role, period, end of story. Now, he was in protocols for most of this road trip. Did have a nice night in Atlanta, who we, we didn't talk about him. But uh, in his first night back, 20 minutes, 14 points, and a couple of assists on an efficient shooting night. And guarding uh, full court, you know, conditioning was not an issue for Gabe Vincent coming back uh, tonight. But with Kayla Martin, like we talked about, on-ball stopper. Max Struess, turns out he's a starter, right? I mean, Omer Yurtsevin, a starting center for you when Bam is out and you really kind of, and like we were talking about, you're able to lean into some of those ball skills and the touch that he has and the passing ability that he has. I think what Miami discovered is not just that their player development program is second to none, not just that these guys are legit NBA rotation players. They also found roles for them and relatively quickly. It's actually pretty remarkable when you think that they've only been on this trip. I mean, it's it's been a two week trip, 
But in a matter of two weeks, they found actual defined roles for guys who are not even considered to be part of the rotation going into the season. Yeah. Uh, Look, it's somewhat cliched or something that can't necessarily be quantified or explained, but there is a bonding element to these road Mm -hmm. trips, especially when you're away from home. You, even in the midst of health and safety protocols with guys in and out, not being able to enjoy whatever cities you're traveling to, et cetera, you still get to establish these bonds. But not only is this team winning, but as you mentioned, everybody embracing their role, understanding the context, how they fit into this team, even without Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. That, that cannot be overstated enough. You're missing two of the top 20, 25 players in today's NBA and you're still able to come away four and two on what would have been a disastrous road trip for any other team. And, and these guys finding a way to step up, to understand, to make an impact, being able to hold their own. Look, we don't know how these rotations are going to shake out. We talk about it in tomorrow's episode where we do a midseason review of, of the Miami Heat. And there are questions, obviously. But at the same time, when you look at how these players have all figured out, I'm not... I'm not concerned if a player goes down to injury later in the season or even during a playoff run, if they have to miss a game or two or even a series, because all of a sudden now you've got all these other players that have this kind of proven experience. You're not going to, you know, Omer Yurt seven as your starting center without him actually understanding what that's like to be a starting center. I think you're getting these kind of guys to really understand how to play, uh, to have this kind of experience. That has to be such a huge yes. positive factor yes. in Miami's favor. So uh, as no, far as other, really, things, I'm sorry, yeah, it's right. a really, it's a really, really good point that you make there. I mean, this was the hardest thing that the Heat will probably have to do all season, right? Oh yeah. Being without your, I don't know if we've already said the record. I can't remember, but 11 and four this year without Jimmy and Bam is remarkable. And just last point on this, but um, the, <laughs> the Heat have been without their Jimmy and Bam for so long. Jimmy in and out, but. Uh, bam, this was his 20th game that he missed this year with the, yeah. with the thumb ligament thing. And, yeah. uh, it's because, and I tweeted this, but don't, don't normalize what it is that Miami is doing. We're sort of getting used to them competing and winning right. games. Remember that this is still a team of mostly undrafted players of kind of scrap heap finds and developmental stories here. And to yeah. do this without your two best players uh it's remarkable and it just it's something that people should continue to keep in mind and appreciate well moving on uh as we said before the heat are taking on the atlanta hawks on friday and i think a lot of people have some concerns about whether or not jimmy butler is going to be making that return anytime soon i thought he would be available on wednesday against the hawks but he was listed as out because of that same ankle injury but you know in context of what we're talking about is there any need to rush either he or bam back because i think you can afford to kind of Ease them back a little bit. Even Victor Oladipo, I thought maybe he would have been uh, available by now as well. And we have no clear uh, prognosis as to when he might be returning. But now that this depth has proven themselves, so you've got you know guys like Max Struess evolving into stars, Omer Yurtsev, et cetera, and on and on and on. Can you kind of just afford to say, you know what? We don't necessarily need to incorporate Jimmy and Bam and Victor anytime soon. I think the Heat, they've already started doing that. I, like, like right. I... If this were the playoffs, I think Jimmy would have been out there tonight. Was he even on the bench? I didn't even see him on the bench. So He, he was not. He had been out there for most of the road trip. I, I yeah. Maybe he, he did not travel to Atlanta. Right, because the Heat came, they had three days, so they came back from the West Coast, back to Miami, practiced here, and then went up to Atlanta for the second part, or for the last game of the road trip. So right. it, was sort, it was really kind of just like a one-game road trip when you really think about it, but whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Jimmy just stayed here in Miami, and, and he probably – I think he plays Friday. That's my guess. I just I think you're right. 
No need to play him uh, in Atlanta, given how this team has played. No need to risk it, uh, and given that you get to play this team twice in a week. Um, I, I would guess that he plays Friday. Bam, probably not. I think we're still probably a week away or so from Bam coming back. Um, but I, I think Jimmy comes back sooner rather than later. We have seen the team tweet out training footage of Bam, and he's been mm-hmm. with the team. We've seen him on the bench regularly. He's got whatever. He was in Bam was in Atlanta. Yeah. Yes. yeah, he's got a bandage on during while well, he's sitting alongside on the bench, but not while he's been practicing. So clearly that hand is feeling much, much better, and he's been able to do some things. And, you know, he's just a matter of getting his conditioning back in order and finding his rhythm once again. But hopefully he'll be doing it soon, and hopefully he'll be doing that. Uh, at some point in the next few games, look, Miami playing eight of their next nine games at home. So plenty of opportunity for us to cover those games and to provide you the very best coverage available. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Remember that every episode is always free and available. Make sure to also check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Up it up, B.